Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. Hi, your host, as always, Elliot Barr. And I feel 100% better because doing a whole bunch of stuff around the house and not drinking any water is never a good recipe. And that's why you got a delayed episode. Pretty much like how the kicker season's been so far. Delayed. Just delayed, delayed, delayed. Is that, is that the right analogy? Well, considering the crashing and burning part, delaying, you know, a win, finding ways how to lose, finding ways how to draw. I, mean, I feel like just walking off a you know, cliff, you know, just like you know, sheep herding style is more the analogy here rather than, you know, getting things delayed. Things, things were good at first. Yeah. They were. All, all we're doing now is delaying the, you know, the free, you know, release come Saturday. Pretty much. You know what I realized? Like, this kicker season is pretty much like me cooking rice. And at some point in me cooking rice, I forget that I am cooking rice. So the rice burns. And then I'm just like, well, guess I'm ordering takeout. That's what the kicker season is. Overcooked, burnt rice. Also, okay. I described that I cannot cook rice. So there we go. Well, we've we've learned something today. Not maybe not any good things, uh, other than you know, let's get let's all chip in by a rice cooker. Yeah, there we that go. That might solve a problem here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, won't solve a you know results problem, but hey, maybe it'll keep you from screwing it up fifteen times in a row. Probably so. It probably won't. My wife will always let me know that I cook rice wrong. It's just the way I. Uh, see, so that, that that was called a segue there. Ah. And just like the kickers, I have missed it completely. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Bail us out here, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate has frozen. Uh, started. She's in the uh, Shamir, you know, uh, <laughs> memorial spot tonight. <laughs> oh man, Matt, how are you doing, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, uh, so we we usually don't give ourselves like you know two full days to come down. You know, from you know the game, and actually, I guess it's three because that was a Friday night game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a Friday night game. So feeling good. Yeah, life is good. Yeah, and uh, you know, getting ready for Saturday, and uh, you know, one last hurrah back at City Stadium for the season. First of all, let's talk about this tweet you made about kickoff. Uh, <laughs> we should burn the white jerseys, which I'm totally agreeing with. I think we should have a full blown. Uh, just effigy of just right. burning them. Right. I mean, it's getting cooler outside. I think it's supposed to be in, like, what, the 60s on Saturday? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if I've mentioned it at all over the last, you know, six or seven months. I don't like the white jerseys. I don't know if this has come up at all. Uh, it hasn't, but, but here's your spot. Okay, cool. I, I couldn't remember if I had mentioned it. 30 times already or not. So, yeah, not a fan of the white jerseys. I feel like, uh, you know, it's bad juju overall. You know, it's going to be, uh, you know, a little cooler on Saturday. Okay, maybe it's raining, but uh, what better way for everybody to you know, keep warm amongst the rain than get all those godforsaken white jerseys uh, and light up. They're icy, right? So light yeah. them on fire and bring the warmth, you know, into the crowd. Who doesn't love a big old bonfire. There you go. We can also throw the uh, 
red jerseys that the love love to say they're red, but oh, they, they gotta, gotta wear something. <laughs> they can wear the gray and pink ones that they wore like twice. Like it's the end of the year, we don't care anymore. For all we care, they can wear their training tops. So, like just go out there, finish the game, and call it a day. You and every USL League One announcer. Um, hates those tops, Matt. So I think they would all get up and cheer if we were to do that. Yeah. No one will be happier than the the union of USL League One announcers than the day those jerseys are never seen again. By the way, Kate, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. I've moved into a new apartment, so I'm recording from a uh, new space than all the others. So, oh, fancy new spot. Fancy I mean, I don't, I don't know why you took Shanir's advice on you know, uh, you know, ISPs. That was probably a mistake, but still, yeah, had to change to the little five G option that uh, Xfinity offers. But we're back. Mm. Well, hopefully, we're back soon too as well. So. Richmond got a 2-2 draw against One Knox. That's kind of been the theme with them so far this year. We've only played them twice, and both games is in the 2-2. Um, Undefeated, baby. Yeah. There you go. Hey, hey, there you go. Most important thing, much like Darius and Watts, we always say, got to look at the positives of it. And once again, one of the few positives out of this team, I feel like, is Mr. Neil Vinyals, who is – Single-handedly dragging this team across this finish line, like he he is he is trying. I truly hope that he wins Supporters Player of the Year because he deserves it. He's not going to get any other recognition, but he deserves that one. <laughs> Agreed. He was creative, uh, forward-thinking. Um which are a lot of things that we haven't necessarily seen from the team as a whole throughout this season. Um, and it's always, it's, he, he just brings a sort of creativity and control in the midfield like on an individual level, which I haven't seen a lot of players be able to do anything about one V one when he's sort of in his flow. So seeing him take players on um, and open up the field is always really wonderful when he's on his game and things are have opened up for him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he definitely looks on a different level than the rest of the guys out there right now. Even just, Literally, even just how he runs with the ball, you know, you know, exudes a lot more confidence, a lot more ability than anyone else on the field. You know, it's one of those things where you know, maybe if he was around better players, you wouldn't notice it as much, but he's not right now, so you do. Uh but yeah, he's definitely been you know, carrying the team. Uh, I'm open to him as you know, kind of the you know, team MVP you know, for the year. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be upset if he wins it. I think Emmy still has a legitimate case, you know, too. They both missed a good amount of time you know, during in the course of the year. Uh, only difference is the time that Emmy missed. The team has uh, been not not good, uh, and the time that Neil missed was actually when we were winning. You know, so. You know, factor some of you know that in there that you know they didn't seem to miss Neil quite as much, and it, it would take a lot of our argument for you know me to accept that the team is not missing Emmy uh, over the last what two months at this point. Oh yeah, uh, what he's been asking, yeah, two months, yeah. No, right. Um, but yeah, any one of the 
those two, and yeah, it's going to take a bit of uh, convincing for me to think that's a valid choice. Yeah, I think the four that's in the running is Neil, Emmy, Fitch, and Arnie. I think those four are in the running. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what the final home game. Um, by the way, right, I'll remember so you go over to the Facebook page, vote on that stuff. I want to ask you guys this question about Neil. Is it fair to say that our season? I kind of thought of it as man when you said it. Like at the start of the year, we missed Neil. And when Neil's running in the form, the team kind of drips off, but we're missing Emmy. Do you think we just the season can kind of just be summed up as like probably two of our best attacking players were in and out of form at the wrong time, and that's just how the team went? Like we never had a real period where both were in form at the same time, like last year. I, th- I think they were. There's a middle part of the season where they, I think they were both around. Uh, so I don't know if that's totally. Yeah, fair to say, but I, I also don't know if that like if Emmy's around right now. I don't I still don't think this team is making the playoffs and you know they were doing fine without Neil. So I don't know if that's necessarily the difference, you know, as it is, you know, the wide contributions. Uh but yeah, we certainly wouldn't have hurt, you know, to have both of them available, you know, for thirty two games instead of um, I'm not gonna bother to do the math right now and try to figure out how many they both played in. Uh that's, that's just my opinion. And one of the things we've talked about is how many midfield combinations we've had. And so Neil did get injured, I feel like, early enough in the season that if he hadn't been injured, maybe a, like a, a more solid rotation would have developed. That he, They needed to figure out how to fill the hole of Neil for a relatively extended stretch. And I don't know if it, – it was – it was fine for that time. The team was still in decent enough form that again, yeah, it wasn't as big of a loss as Emmy feels right now, but I wonder if it did sort of break up the ability to coalesce around a sort of starting trio in the midfield and maybe build the chemistry that could have kept going instead. It's sort of Joao played really well for a while and then Neil came back in and it was sort of fitting multiple players back into a midfield that might not have developed as much chemistry over the course of the whole season as maybe if he hadn't gotten injured. Yeah. yeah, pretty much so. It just seems like a lot of our key players were in and out of form around the same time. And, like, one player would get a form, then one player would get out of form. One player would get a form, one player. So just an interesting thought. Is maybe something we can talk about in the year podcast coming up soon. Um, moving on, a player that has reinvented himself, um, probably has been a, a surprise contributor to the attack thus far. Michael Hornsby. If nothing else, Darren has gotten this right by moving him up from fullback to to winger. Guys, how is Hornsby doing so far as a winger the past two games? It's fine. Yeah, he's probably probably been you know better than some of the you know other options that we've tried out there. Uh, he's a little bit more direct, I think. Uh, you know, you know, not at the same level as some of the guys you know, that you've seen there in your previous years, but you know, I think you see you know, more of you know, his instincts from bombing forward from left back. You know, getting replicated in a wing role. 
Uh, and you know, I mentioned it before. I think I do think it takes a little bit away you know, from what you know, he really thrives at. Uh, you know, starting further up the field. But you, even in this game, you 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 saw some of the you know, more return of the long diagonal ball over to the left wing. You were know, uh, he'd be able to try to you know, chase it down and you know, take some one on ones. You know, through there, is he going to hit on all of them? No, nobody ever does. Uh, but it's you know, having a little bit more of that aggressiveness and even just having reliable left foot to get that you know cross in so it's not always going to be obvious that I'm going to try to take you on the dribble right and just being able to mix yeah. it up like that sometimes I think has helped enhance uh, what we've been able to get out of that side I mean it, again, it's hard to say you know he's been super great you know given how you know the offensive output and results have you've know, been going but you know, certainly I think you know it's improved there and we haven't lost as much, you know, with Beckett at left back, you know, compared to Hornsby at left back and winger of the day at left wing. Yeah. I don't, I'd say it feels a little too little too late. I would have liked to see him make this move earlier in the season because we have such a small sort of, uh, it's more like anecdotal evidence because we don't have like a sort of large enough pool of games to sort of evaluate his impact. I've, I thought, He's added a lot more control and directness on the wing that we haven't seen and who's been out there before. Um, but I wished we'd been able to see this over a longer period of time because one of the things I notice in this league is that your chances are not going to come from the perfect play and hitting the perfect ball. It's often about probability and getting the ball into dangerous positions as often as you can. And that's been one of the things that kickers have not done all season is sort of spamming chances as much as they can and getting the ball into dangerous positions. The reliance on possession means you're always looking for the perfect pass or you're looking for like your most optimal option rather than just increasing the frequency that you're getting dangerous balls into the right place. So I just feel like we've seen an increase in balls into the box, sort of like low balls driven across the box players him taking players on one-on-one -on, -one on the wing actually getting to the end line which just sort of increases the probability that you're going to get a dangerous ball that can then get knocked in and wish we had more than four total matches to actually see how that could have um play out yeah because you know mentioning kind of you know a little bit of the randoms we saw weird things can happen in this game when the ball goes into the box one, one good one bad yeah very much so very much so. Um, this question is I want to ask you guys this about Hornsby. It's a two part question. One, does Michael Hornsby, if he sticks around for next year, would you like to see him play more of the winger spot, slash more of the winger than fullback? Or do you just want to go get a new winger and keep him at fullback? Hmm. I mean, I, I think he ends up adding more value as, you know, a fullback, but it would obviously depend on who's able to come in, you know, in front of him, right? Because, you know, presuming Beckett's back, I think he can do the job there and hopefully he'll take a, a leap over the course, you know, of the winter time. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, all things being equal, you know, Hornsby is more valuable, you know, you know to it, especially a Darren-style team as a left back as opposed to a left wing. Okay. I do think 
if yeah sort of similar i think the like the up top option would have to be improved because i think hornsby's defensive skill means that beckett is given a bit more support as he's growing because he's not like the player above him is going to be able to pitch in defensively because of that sort of defensive mindset so i think they're sort of beckett has played very well and he's sort of being supported in a way that helps him grow without being overexposed by having a player with a more defensive skill set in front of him anyway. So I th- I've liked what I've seen from Beckett so far. I think he's been very confident on the ball um, and he hasn't made any rash challenges. He hasn't, um, you know, dropped back too far, you know, kept players on side. I think he's, he's been showing his maturity back there. Um, and I, think that is, I would imagine there's a large part due to the fact that he can trust that the player in front of him is going to be able to pitch in. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's done a good job of making the kind of the safe right choice. You know, I think, you know, but given what we've seen from Darren the last, you know, four years, if he wants the outside backs to be able to bomb up the field and contribute that way. And right now that's the missing piece for Beckett at that position. Why I think Hornsby, all things being equal, you know, is the better choice you know, there because he just provides that extra dynamic at left back. But again, all depends on, you know, all the other pieces, you know, around, you know, either one of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's very much true. That's very uh, much what, true. what do you oh. think? You're getting away without having to give your opinions on all these. <laughs> um, I think the sample size on him of being a winger is a very much a little bit too small. I think it could be a trump card that you pull out, Late at games, if we're trying to, you know, push for a lead or a game where you feel like, all right, the opposition is going to sit a little bit back and you need to stretch them. Um, but if Hornsby is back, I would like to see him in that fullback spot. I like what he gives you there. But this is also contingent on who's the winger. Like, if we don't bring in a winger that's capable, all right, we have Hornsby. We've seen, quote, unquote, done this under three games. I like what I've seen so far. He hasn't – I kind of feel like at this point of the year, he hasn't done anything wrong. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see what he can do going forward. Like, he hasn't given me a reason to hate it. You know, it's like – it's the opposite of Chandler at center back. Like, I've seen enough sample size up to know I don't like it. Where at Hornsby and Winger, I'm like, okay, I like it. You know, like, I get it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the inverse of that. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um. Also, another player I feel like we always talk about that stands out, Mister uh, Palmquest. Again, he stands out again. Um, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna firmly stand in this now, and I'm probably gonna say it in the end of the season podcast as well. Um, Palmquest is my vote for the number one goalkeeper next year. If he says he he got my vote of confidence. Agree. Co-sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, he, pull, he pulled some pretty impressive saves out of his locker in this last one. And, but that, that hasn't been unusual. I think he's been, he's been very, very impressive. And especially his um, double saves. I think that's where a lot of keepers at this level can get caught out. You know, you can make one great save, but if your positioning's not there to be able to follow up, you know, with the, where the ball goes from there, uh, you know, not much value in that, but his double saves have been stellar. Yeah, I mean, having the carry as a coach got to be a benefit as well. Like, I feel like that's something that Kara does very well. Like, those quick reaction saves of like last second, like, oh, I have to dive in this direction and deflect it in a way in which it doesn't fall back to the middle of goal. I feel like he does a very good job of that. But, I mean, the only thing you probably put a knock on on Paul Quist is maybe his distribution. We saw a little bit of that in this game where he kind of looks a little bit hesitant. And if so, like, if if Pongus is the number one going into the next year, maybe we don't see a whole bunch of playing out of the back, but knowing Darren, he's going to try to force it in there. <laughs> well, that, I do that can like be what, Yeah, that can be. But I do like what Pongus has. Like, I feel like he – I feel like it's, it's the right time now to make the transition from Akira to Pongus. And he's he hasn't been the reason we're losing these games. Like, if anything, he's been the reason why – for most of the large part, we've been around or been able to come back in like in this game. Yeah. 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 I mean, it probably could have been three nothing inside the first you know, 15 minutes. You know, I know he had made you know one big save off of a bad giveaway. Uh, you know, and we got fortunate with another uh just poorly taken shot. You know, where they probably they probably could have had a much better look if they just picked their head up, but we'll take that. Uh in the second half, you know, had one that, you know, almost kind of was able to reach, you know, behind him uh, to be able to, you know, turn it around the post. Uh, so, yeah, I think we've seen throughout the year he can be able to you know, pull out those saves. I think he's gotten a lot more comfortable in the air, you know, over the course of the season, you know, too. So, yeah, I mean, he's he hasn't given it. You know, I don't think he's given, you know, you know, Darren Mika, you know. The rest of the staff, you know, I guess Akira too. There's always got to be a little bit of a weird dynamic, you know, yeah. right there. Uh, any reason to, you know, for them to think, no, this isn't the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I do appreciate <laughs> that we didn't sometimes see, that I know we talked about a few weeks ago, was the willingness to kick the ball long when you do get into a tough position. We've seen Akira, I think, on a few times, sort of con- try to play the ball out of the back even when that leads to an even worse situation. So I do appreciate Palmquist also. He's not afraid to just kick it long when he does get into a tough position, which is, I appreciate him just that instinct of get the ball as far away from the goal as possible. Uh, system be, be damned. <laughs> this thing's got to go. Cause sometimes I I've noticed Akira do that on occasion where for some reason it's, the baffling continuing to play the ball around and leading to an even worse situation. So that willingness to clear the ball. I mean, having a goalkeeper that just boosts along, it's okay. Sometimes it's the reset. It's okay. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with just resetting the play. Um, God, I mean, I know it's hard to kind of look at positives from a draw, but it, it is good to see them get a draw and still be fighting, not just shuffling in and be like, all right, it's 2-1, eh, whatever. Because it, it'd be very easily, 
I mean, none of us, I don't think, would have blamed him. They would have did that because, you know, you're out of the playoffs. There's really not much to play for. Guys pretty much just packing in. But to see them get a draw, granted, it's not a win. It should be treated as that. Um, that might be Darren calling to tell us to be quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> are there any positives from the team as a whole to take away from this game? Like anything they can be like, all right, this is something we can build towards on in the future. Yeah, I, mean, I, I liked where the goals came from. So, so like, I know the one was a penalty, but you know the way that you know, penalty was built up to it wasn't you know just some you know, stupid you know defender you know deciding to handle the ball for no apparent reason or mm-hmm. you know just you know some you know, sloppiness. It was an actual little bit of you know a build and. Uh, I'm always going to take this opportunity for the cheap shot. You know, good old you know friend you know, you know Jalen. You know, uh, just making another you know uh, charitable play. You know, to us. You know, he felt bad for us. He was like, "I got to help my friends out." Yeah, I mean, and you know, Neil was able to step in front. I, I, to me, it, it was the USL one equivalent of the Gareth Bale Walker Zimmerman you know, play from uh, the World Cup. It, Neil was never winning that ball. You know, he got himself yeah. in front of it, though, and you know, Jalen went straight through him as a result. And we'll, we'll take that penalty all day, you know, every day, right there. Uh, so, you know, I liked you know, how it came about. You know, rather than it just being you know again somebody tackling us you know off of a long throw because they, I don't I don't know why a guy ever did that. You know, to Dakota in that game, uh, and then the other one, yeah, an- another thing that we've you know, been harping on, made it, you know, a pet passion project. You know, Neil just taking a rip from outside and scoring. Uh, yeah, you, play, you can play the ball around, play the ball around, but you know, sometimes shooting the ball works. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, it works. That, that's two rockets that he's had from outside, you know, the box this year. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, I, I feel like one-knocks – it's just a bad team for us to play out the back against. Do you think it's – I mean, granted, we haven't had success with it as much as we did in the years past. But do you think one Ox is just a team that we're just like, all right, boy, playing out of the back against them? Just the I don't way think anything to do with them. Okay. Well, I'm just thinking back to the first game we played as well, when we tried to play it out of the back and we just conceded, like, I think it was one or two dumb goals. I well, know, the first I one was one where, yeah, the, the annual Ani decides to, you know, you try to pull you know Maradona eighty six, you know on everyone and you know you know dribbles up and th- this time it was a goal conceded instead of picking up a red card. Yeah, but you know, he's good for one of those you know years so far, and that was it. You know, this time, so I mean, I, I guess technically yes, you could be able to say that, but I think for this year it's more of a function of we're not really strong in that against anybody rather than it being. Uh, a Knoxville thing specific. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right, well, let's go ahead. Let's focus on um, our last game of the season. We we finally get to put – I don't want to say a nice bow tie on the season. I feel like it, it's probably like a lump of coal in the stocking at this point. Uh, our last home game of this season against Central Valley Fuego. Um, the Ars- there is something to play for. Um, we could potentially do a gentleman sweep over Central Valley Fuego. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Are they the only team that we can possibly do a gentleman sweep over? 
I think everyone else. I mean, depends, either... how, depends how you want to define it. We didn't lose in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I feel like it's just a tied series at that point with them. Well, so, I need I mean, to win because I slandered Fuego on my Instagram story during the match when we were up, what, 3-1? No, 2-0. And then, yeah, when we were up 2-0, I posted on my Instagram story mid-match, like something like, how shit must you be? We're winning at home. And next thing you know, we're losing 3-2. And Central Valley... Fuego's ad Instagram admin came into my DMs to slander me about the results. So <laughs> I personally would like us to see and thump them to make up for the fact that I had to handle disrespect in my own DMs because of our defense's unwillingness to. Well, Central Valley's admin is DMing you slander. He got bigger issues to handle, like an actual home field that's suitable, you know. Yeah, I, I did say maybe worry about the points on the table rather than you're eking out a draw at City Stadium, but you know. I, I can respect a good clap back. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of wish our admin would do a little bit more of that. Like just, you know, just just fire that home. Just tweet that out. Um but yeah. We play fully good at home, guys. What are we expecting from this game? Or what are some things you would like to see from this game? Final home game. Me personally, I'm going to be nicely toasted because it's Virginia State's homecoming. So I might miss kickoff, but I'll be there. Might miss kickoff, though. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, obvious answer win. Ta da! That's the only answer. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to. I know you hate it, but you know we're going to celebrate this no matter what. Like, this team can win. Oh, we're going to be like, everything's solved. We're good to go next year. Up the roofs. Yeah, I'd, I I don't want to go in, you know, you know, another, what, five months until the next game and just have that hanging over everything. Yeah, I'll, I, I won't love the great season, everybody. This is all, you know, because no, <laughs> this has not been an awesome three-month. First half of the season, I was fine, I was fine with. Last three months, uh, less okay with. So, but yes, let's not, you know, try to extend the streak into next year. Mm-hmm. I would not like to see our number of days since last win have to stretch through the winter Ooh. and have that number be a clownable statistic. <laughs> Maybe if we could nip that in the bud so that we could keep it within this season, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. That would be, be, be great. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah. If we if we win and other results, you know, go our way, climb back up to ninth. You know, still awful, but not as awful. Still better than yeah. Central Valley Fuego. That yeah, might be the one perk of this: is no matter what, we'll still finish above them in the table. That is positive. That is true. The only thing that beats that is possibly watching that pink team drop out of the playoffs and we win it just oh, it would make me feel great and now i don't trust charlotte enough to roll over for tormenta i don't either but i just wanted to happen yeah. Look, if, if omaha was really committed to the rivalry they would have said all right 
we'll sacrifice you know a couple points down in Tormenta instead of running up the score when they were up a man. Yeah, they would they would have found a way to put an own goal in and you know give it another out. But no, you know, they say they hate. They don't hate, right? Yeah. You know, they're not haters. We are haters. <laughs> we were the ones silently, you know, celebrating you know, the Tormenta game because we knew it gave a little bit more of a chance. And that, well, I was. I low-key was. I was like, I'm that bad at it. I'm that bad at the result. I'm that bad at it. Low-key, I want I there was a part of me, even though I was at a wedding, and I know this is wrong, but at the, I want chaos. There's a little part of me that was upset that we won because I was like, that keeps one knocks in the pack a little bit longer, and that puts even more pressure on uh, Madison. And I was just hoping. I, I just want to see them crash and burn at this point. I think we deserve that. Yeah. I, I want, if we can't be happy, who else deserves to be happy? No one. Exactly. It's a win-win for all of us. I don't understand how other people don't get that. It's like, yeah, it's, oh, you know, you know, we'll be really happy for. I don't want. I was gonna say, I'll say it. I don't want Stephen Payne to be happy. Yeah, the, the that only team, the only team that I'm cool with winning is Noka, and that's for Para because he has cancer. That's oh, it. They're gonna say they're gonna say they don't really have fans, so who cares? <laughs> oh well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but also I, you know, let Para win. Let them win. No, the, the real reason crash and burn. You know, can crash and burn. Greenville can crash and burn. Madison can crash and burn. Charlotte as well. Let Noko yeah. win. Also, Noko, you know, gotta love you know Amon Zayed because we were just talking about you know being you know, king haters. You know, he's honorary you know hater because he's you know pulling out you know all of the you know, preseason you know, uh, predictions and just you know firing back at a uh, you know. You and the rest of the walking ninety folks for hey, hey. talking mess on them preseason, but also even week to week, you know, people who pick against them, you know, after they win, just you know, come back with receipts. I, I respect a coach like that. You know, talk. I do respect and talking the trash on Twitter. I respect it, but let the record show I did pick them out of everyone else on that show, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Not standing with them. Or um, ignore some of the other predictions because uh, that don't matter right now. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the other predictions don't matter. Look, no one could predict what would happen this season. Okay, that's not on us. All right, <clears throat> no one else could have predicted it. But that being said, y'all, we got a final home game. <clears throat> Unfortunately, uh, Colton Belmar would not be there with us because he's on international duty with Granada. So, unfortunately. We won't be able to say bye to him, but, you know, if – I know it's not an easy time to talk about, but if this is the final home game for certain kickers players, would you like to see them get one last hoorah, like one last opportunity to say goodbye to the fans on the field, or are you kind of just like, no, I want to see what's developing for next year? It depends which players. It also depends on if we are winning. I, I've i lost my patience, I think, a little bit with the sort of ceremonial aspects, especially at home, especially last game of the season. If we're not winning, I don't, I don't want to squander the opportunity for a win for sort of more sentimental uh, opportunities. 
So if we were up 3-0 in the 70, 70th minute, I'd say I'd be thrilled. That'd be fine. Go ahead. But we have not often been up 3-0 in the 70th minute to give us the time to have fun with our substitution. So, Well, how many guys on this team would even merit you know something ceremonial? The only way I can think about is Luke. And if, that's because my mind goes back to when Troyer did it in 2019. But the sure. reason why we did it for Troyer is because we knew, like, Troyer yeah, announced. pre-announced. Yeah. Like, this was going to be his last song. I think the only one that would get it is Luke. Like, if Luke. I, I mean, if we didn't know about, you know, contract status for other guys, you know, at, you know, Emmy and Akira, but we know that they're under contract. Yeah. So, unless that injury is a lot worse than anybody's saying, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Luke Luke might be the only one who gets it. Like, gets right. it. That's just because of longevity. It's not because of output. Yeah. It's just because, you know, longevity is just that. Um, which I would be sad for because, you know, Luke is my boy. I root for Luke as much as I can. Of course. Yeah. Life. I think he's probably what at worst probably top three fan favorite right now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think he is. I'm just happy he scored a goal. Like this man just walks away with at least one goal scored. So something to hang your hat on. I don't think he's necessarily. Oh. I wouldn't phrase just walking away because you know they just put the thing out about you know him, Dak, and Neil doing you know their coaching license for. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. You know. Richmond United and uh, kickers, so not going physically going anywhere. It doesn't seem. No, it doesn't. Uh, which, by the way, reminds me to bring up the club been mysteriously tweeting about something about tomorrow. What do you guys think it could be? What if they magically just bring out, "Hey guys, this is the red jersey we were supposed to wear. We finally got him in shock." Supply chain issues. We're actually <laughs> right. <laughs> After Lexington tweeted that they were tweeting tomorrow as well about their women's team for a second, I was like, could it be that? But I don't think they would pull all of the half the men's team in to do some rainbow cookie specific promo about the women's team. So I forgot about that part. uh, Like maybe, maybe they're going to do free cookies at the game (laughs) or maybe they're rolling out some new product that all the the profits from will go back into the club. <laughs> Some new crops cookie product that will get. Maybe a, do you guys think you could be a new owner? Why would they roll it out with rainbow cookies? That's a U crops product. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I still, I, my, <laughs> my best still, guess is still something. Confusion, though. Do you guys think this is a U crop? I bet it's a new owner because we need one so bad. <laughs> we'll find any connection. <laughs> Rob just walks out with a mustache like he's Wob Rob. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think the simplest answer is something W League related because you know there's other teams yeah. that are you know, teasing stuff around it. Like maybe it is that you know Ucrops will be the presenting sponsor there, you know, too, which I don't know how that would help with their you know, wanting to have you know separate brands necessarily, or you know, I don't know. I'm this is coming off the top of my head. If the color scheme is going to be something rainbow related, which I don't know if I would like or not, they're changing the name to the Richmond Rainbow Cookies. Yeah, well, they have, I don't think they said a name yet, have they? No, they haven't said a name. I don't think we get a name to maybe. Next I'm guessing year. February or something, but 
Yeah, I think around that time, I think we'll get a name. I mean, Noko just announced their women's team name already. They're going with Noko Rain. So, you know. I feel like that might be taken already in the women's game, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a you tough know, one. Homonym, yeah, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it might. I, I think it might be a sponsor. Well, we did. They did lose the. What night? No. One of the shirts of like the six or whatever, one of them is getting replaced, right? Or we just got a new one? Like the I think the I think Nightingale is still there. Actually, hold on. Easiest answer here is Ucrops is just renewing its front of shirt sponsor. Probably so. We all booed. Probably so. It's probably that. It's probably that. I mean, it looks good on the shirt. I don't mind it. You know, it has you know genuine Richmond connections. Yeah, it's not. Whatever they are bringing back the rainbow cooking kit for the last game. They're like, <laughs> hey guys, somebody named Matt has mysteriously stolen all the white jerseys, so we have to bring back the rainbow cookie. Yeah, maybe they got to pull out one of them Calvo jerseys for you. Either Between way, that- I'm sure we'll be thoroughly underwhelmed. But I will say, it has been very funny <laughs> how much how much acting they've required of the team. This season, yeah. Where where are the Oscars? Because they've stayed in Luke's, character. Luke's commercial was hilarious. Like you can tell, they were like Luke. You can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I was sold. I was on the edge of my seat. Like needed. How to are you going to be a professional soccer player? You know, this little sign on you know, for something that says I can't make a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> a crib, Luke, man, a crib Luke, man, protect your brand. You're not you. You're not a penalty <laughs> taker when you're nightingale list or whatever. Yeah, that's 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 funny. That is funny. All right, y'all. We got one more game left. Let's close it out with a good heap of hurrah. We won't mention anything about the playoffs. We get it. Whatever. It is what it is. But we'll be there. I'm pretty sure the fans will be there. Any last things from y'all before we uh, wrap up? One more, one more time out of City Stadium again. You know, where, where do you have more fun? Yay! Fun. Yeah. Sure as hell ain't Virginia State. So. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> last time I checked, we are the last undefeated team in Virginia. So I will thank you, Eva, for agreeing with me. I will gladly enjoy myself. Yeah, I'll be sure late. Jamie, you lose? Are they undefeated? Pretty sure, yeah. Oh, I don't pay attention to anything outside of Division Two <laughs> in Georgia. <laughs> uh, I think we should all hope that it won't rain on Saturday. It probably will. No. And if it does, it is what it is. <laughs> it's a microcosm of our season. The perfect, yeah, rain. To end the Let's all series. celebrate that we don't have have to watch ESPN Plus again this year. Yay! <laughs> oh man, this is going to be hilarious. This is going to be hilarious. But with that being said, listeners, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of your day for listening to our show because without you, we couldn't do this. And especially on the Mika episode, which has now cracked over, I think I last checked 175 listens since I uploaded it. Uh, last week, so yeah, that, that, that was genuinely good, Elliot. You know, well done with the questions and uh, you know, kind of 
you're drilling deep, you know, on that one. I, I enjoyed yeah, listening to it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, that that was a pretty cool interview because we hear them talk so much about the youth and that they haven't really explained it. So to dive deep and to figure out, like, all right, what is the processes? What is happening? You know, it's, it's good to get a good inside view. So I mean, everything on the field right now, short term seems crappy, but long term, where the club is pushing towards, I'm kind of happy with that direction. So um, maybe that's the saving grace of this team season. <laughs> That was some people's jobs. Who knows? But with that being said, listeners, we just, we'll holler at you next week. Be easy, be safe, and as always, up the ruse.